the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Boundaries are a very important part of life because boundaries define where you can go and where you're not allowed to go. On a piece of property, you have boundaries. If you own a, own a property, you know where your stakes are, you know where your boundaries are, and that's your property, it's your responsibility, and you're not supposed to step over that boundary into your neighbor's property because it is a boundary. It sets a line that describes what you're allowed to operate within and where you're not allowed to operate, and so boundaries are essential. Boundaries are good things for you and me. Boundaries are good in relationships and every realm of life. And we need boundaries in the words that we speak. When it comes to our words, God has told us very clearly in Scripture what is in bounds when it comes to our words and what is out of bounds. And we need to know where those boundary markers are because if we get across the boundary marker, we've stepped out of God's language zone, if you will. We put ourselves at risk for things in life that we should not be at risk for. And so we want to live within God's boundaries with our words. And so I want you to see how important boundaries are to God, and we'll look at some ways that we need to do that. But look at what the Scripture says about being in bounds. The psalmist prays this prayer in Psalm 141, verse 3. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and what's the next word? Guard my lips. Make sure that my lips don't get out of bounds. Proverbs 18, verse 7. A fool has a big mouth that only gets him into trouble, and he'll pay the price for what he says. A fool has a mouth that keeps spouting off. It is not controlled. It is not in bounds. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. If you stay in bounds, you'll have less trouble in your life. James 1, 26. If someone believes that they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words, keep them in bounds, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. Ephesians chapter four, chapter 5 verse 4 describes the setting of boundaries with our words as well. Guard your speech, forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. And so we're talking about the boundaries that God has in place for us. So let me share with you Nine areas of life that are out of bounds, okay? Perhaps the best way to learn how to stay in bounds is to understand what's out of bounds, and then it helps us to understand the playing field that God has given to us. So let me share with you nine out-of-bound dimensions of words, nine things you need to correct if you're doing these things to get back in bounds. Number one, the first thing, the first thing to avoid would be excessive words. The Bible warns us about talking too much. Has talking too much ever gotten you in trouble? Sometimes one of the best things you can do is just keep your mouth shut. Because as soon as you talk, you're, you're perhaps getting yourself into deep waters. Notice Proverbs ten fourteen: A wise man holds his tongue. Only a fool blurts out everything he knows. And that only leads to sorrow and trouble. How true that is. Proverbs ten nineteen: If you talk a lot, you are sure to sin. If you are wise, you will keep quiet. 
Proverbs 17, verse 28. Even, I love this one, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Don't you like that? Okay. If you ever just want to look like you're a wise person, just don't say anything. That person is really smart. How do you know they're smart? They never say anything. Okay. The second thing you want to stay away from, this is out of bounds with your words, gossip and slander. Let me give you the, the dictionary definition for gossip. Are you ready for it? Gossip is casual or uncon- unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. It's telling tales about other people. To bring it down home, it's when you have a conversation with someone and they say or you say, did you hear about, have you heard the news about, and it's always about somebody that's not there in that situation. And so suddenly a tale comes out, information comes out that you may or may not know to be true, but it has a negative impact because you're actually talking about people behind their backs in a negative way. And that's, the Bible warns us that that is out of bounds when it comes to our Christian conversation. It is out of bounds when it comes to the language of God. You and I as believers in Christ should not engage in gossip because gossip always leads to or generally leads to slander. And the word slander is a stronger word. It actually has legal ramifications, but gossip leads to slander, and slander is when you have ruined or impacted negatively another person's reputation. Listen to the scriptures. Whoever spreads slander is a fool. Spreading is a key, accurate term for that. Spreading, like you spread something around, spreading slander, gossip. Proverbs 11, verse 13, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. See, gossip, you've seen it perhaps in your workplace. When gossip happens, it is planting seeds of strife. It is causing the separation of people. How many office environments have been destroyed by gossip? All kind of contention breaks out in the, in the context of a gossiping group of people. Proverbs 20, verse 19, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. I like that statement, chatterers. Gossip, there's something about it. It's the pride and sinful nature that we have that when we hear gossip, it makes us feel like we're one up on somebody. We know something that puts us on the inside, and it feels good going down, but it it creates problems coming back up from your life. And so it's a thing to avoid. The third thing that's out of bounds when it comes to to our language with God is deceptive and flattering words. The word deceptive means to willfully twist or taint or distort the truth. You're being deceptive when you willfully choose to, to twist, taint, or distort truth. That's deception. I'll come back to that in a moment. Let me talk about flattery for a moment. Flattery is when you're speaking an untruth in a pleasant way to another person to get something from them or to ingratiate yourself to them for the, for the purpose of an agenda that you have. Notice Proverbs six sixteen. I love this passage. Actually, I love it in the sense that it corrects us. It's a tough passage to read, but it's a very powerful passage. Proverbs six sixteen and 17. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes. What's the second thing? A lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. I could talk about all three of those, but let's go to the one in the middle. A lying tongue. The Bible says that God hates these things. He detests them. 
They're an abomination, one translation says to him. Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. He takes delight in those that speak truth. Proverbs 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Why should we not associate with someone who is a flatterer? Because there's something twisted in their character. They are attempting to manipulate you in some way to get something they want for their life, and their praise is never sincere. The fourth thing would be angry, contentious, divisive words. When you and I speak angry words, contentious words, divisive words. Angry, I'm angry, I'm mad, so I say stuff that's destructive to other people. Contentious, that means I'm saying words that create trouble in relationships. I'm stirring things up. Divisive words, I'm taking unity and I'm destroying unity between people. So all three of those kinds of words, they go together in a package, angry, contentious, divisive. God says, that's out of bounds. I don't want you speaking angry words. I don't want you engaged in contentious conversations where you're just stirring up arguments. I don't want you dividing or breaking down unity. You need to promote unity, not destroy unity. Sowing discord, being argumentative, generating strife, blowing off your anger, being abusive with your words. All these things are things that God says, no, that's out of bounds. Proverbs 6, 19, going back to that passage where God is describing seven things that he hates. And one of the statements is found in verse 19, a false witness. He says, I hate a false witness who pours out lies and a man who does what? Stirs up dissension among brothers. One translation says, sowing dissension among the brethren. That when you and I sow division, sow strife and contention, it's not a positive thing. It's out of bounds with God. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It's to a man's honor to avoid strife. But every fool is quick to quarrel. You find someone that's quick to get into a fight with somebody else, it, shows, it tells us something about that character. It tells us they're, they're more foolish than they are wise. And number five, poisonous and destructive words. What we mean by poisonous and destructive words are words that curse and words that contaminate and words that envenomate others. Think about it this way. If, if a viper, a poisonous snake strikes out, the reason that poisonous snakes create so much fear is because of the toxins they envenomate you with, right? And so that snake can come upon you and strike you and envenomate you, put his venom in you, and now the poison from the snake has gotten in you, and it begins to do something inside of you that tears down tissue, that causes problems with your blood, it causes all kind of things in your life because it's a venom inside of you. Words can be like that. We can speak words that are like venom that get inside of other people, or we can be the recipients of words that get inside of us that begin to break down, break us down on the inside and begin to destroy dimensions of our life. And so God says, don't, don't speak words like that. Don't envenomate other people. Don't speak words that are vile, words that are destructive, words that have poison associated with them that can destroy people on the inside. Don't use those words. Psalm 140, verse 3. They make their tongues, talking about ungodly people, they make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is where? The poison of vipers is on their lips. Matthew 5, verse 22. latter part of verse 22. Jesus is speaking here, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And notice what Jesus says. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. Number six, proud words. Words of self-praise, words of self-promotion. We live in a culture today 
that is very high on self-exaltation and self-promotion. God says that you and I are not as believers to be engaged in promoting ourselves or exalting ourselves. In fact, the Bible is very clear that if we exalt ourselves, we will be humble, and if we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. Amen? Okay? And so if you want a pathway to humility, exalt yourself, and God will humble you. But if you want a pathway to exaltation, humble yourself, and God will exalt you. Okay? See, that's the difference. Okay? But God says, no, you can't live a life where you're all about you. You're about promoting yourself and exalting yourself because that's not the kind of words that I want you to speak. And again, it's it's pervasive in our culture today. If you'll live the life that God calls you to live, if you need to be promoted, God knows how to promote you. You get busy doing what you're supposed to do, living the life you're supposed to live. And the psalmist said, promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Promotion comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God knows how to exalt you. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be necessarily shy about your capacities, your abilities. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. But but God doesn't want you to be in the position of proud, self-exalting words. Notice Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Someone else and not your own lips. If you want to be praised, let somebody do the praising for you, okay? Let somebody else say nice things about you. You don't have to be the one that is promoting yourself. Number seven, hasty words. Of course, the word hasty means quick. You haven't really thought about it. I think all of us have been in situations before that uh, we, we put our mouth in motion before our mind was in gear. Rash commitment, rash comments that you make and rash commitments that you make because you haven't thought about what you're saying before you say it. You haven't thought about what you're committing to before you commit to it. The Bible is big uh, in emphasizing the importance of thinking before you speak, not letting your mouth get ahead of your mind. Notice Proverbs 20, verse 25. Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. Proverbs 20, verse 25, don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only lady counting the cost. Ecclesiastes 5, 2, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. Read the rest with me. So let your words be few. The eighth one, it's the word profanity. God says it's out of bounds. Profanity is out of bounds. Words that, per, that pervert, words that pollute, words that are obscene. The word obscenity means to design to incite lust or depravity. Profanity refers to language that is base, irreverent, unholy, defiled. Profanity today is becoming mainstream. You think that over the years our culture would get more and more educated and more refined, but instead the culture is becoming more base. There was a time that you could actually turn the television on and not worry about hearing one profane word. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Okay. But those days are far gone because little by little, profane words started being utilized in the mainstream on television. And now, and then after that, they would use them, but they would bleep them out. Now they don't even worry about the bleep anymore, okay? Are you you with me? So the culture that we live in is a very profane culture. Listen closely. If the only way you have to express yourself in a situation is through profanity, you need to buy a dictionary, okay? Because... If all you know are four-letter words, you need to expand your vocabulary, okay? Are you hearing me, okay? 
Educated people know how to express themselves without having to yank into the closet of profanity to, grant, to, to establish emphasis on a point. Are you with me? Okay. We don't need that. Okay. And so the Bible is clear that shouldn't be a part of our lives. Okay. It shouldn't be what, where we traffic with our words because God calls us to clean up our mouth. Proverbs 10, 11, the mouth of the evil man is filled with what? Curses. Proverbs 10, 31 and 32, the mouth of the righteous bring forth wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse or profane. Ephesians 4, 29, would you read this together with me? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Let's keep it up on the screen for a moment. I want to di- dissect this. I want to break it apart just for a bit. Do not let any. What does the word any mean? Not any. None. Do not let any unwholesome. Notice that word, unwholesome. The original Greek language for that word, a Greek term for that word means it's, it's something that's poor quality, something that's really unfit for use. Another uh, meaning of that word is putrid is another example of what it means. It's causing something to rot or causing something to decay. Now, without getting really graphic here today, I, but I do want to maybe draw this point home. I think all of us at certain times have been around maybe a, a situation where an animal has died and has not been properly buried, and that animal is decaying, and there's this putrid smell, the stench that comes from it. It's, unho- it's just like you can't get away from it. It's, just, it's the smell of death Okay, that happens there. That's the kind of word that's used here for unwholesome. It's just putrid. It stinks. Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building others up, the Scripture says. Let me take you to the last point today. With this, we're going to conclude disrespectful and dishonoring words. I'm going to dive into the deeper part of this in just a moment. Before I do, let me give you the, the first end of this, and then we'll, we'll spend more of our time on the latter end as we're wrapping up. Disrespectful, dishonoring words. Listen, we should never speak any disrespectful, dishonoring words toward another human being. Every human being is a creation of God worthy of respect and worthy of honor. Amen? There should never be anything that comes out of our mouth that is disrespectful or dishonoring of another human being. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to approve of their behavior. It doesn't mean you have to affirm their behavior, but you should always respect the person. There should always be respect and honor for all of God's creation. We honor one another because at the very basic level, God created us, okay? We may not appreciate, we may not value, we may not affirm, we may not not agree with behavior, but we have the ability in the midst of whatever the behavior is to respect and honor God's creation as a person, okay? So we should never speak disrespectfully or dishonorably about anyone at all. The Bible's clear about that. But even more so, we should never speak disrespectfully or dishonorably about God. And that's the part I want to talk about. Because in our world today, not only do we have profanity, but we have an increased dimension of taking the name of the Lord in vain. Using God's name as a curse. Using God's name as a statement of exclamation. Oh, Jesus. Time out. What do you mean by that? Did you mean, oh, Jesus, come and help me? Or was that a, a statement of your excitement? Or was it a statement of your frustration? What was it? Was it taking the name of the Lord in vain? Are you with me today? Okay. And the question becomes, how much do you honor God's name? 
When do you insert God's name into your conversation? How do you do that? Do you do it in an honorable way, a respectful way? Or do you take the name of the Lord in vain? See, to take his name in vain means to use his name in a way that is other than an exclamation of your worship and your trust and confidence in him. It's a disrespecting of his name. And so you and I need to be careful about how we use the name of the Lord. And we know some of the ways that the name of the Lord is taken in vain. I'm not going to use all those today or to give them to you, of course. would not do that here today. But the question becomes, do you do that in your life? Are you disrespecting, dishonoring God's name? Because when you do that, you're actually disrespecting and dishonoring the greatest name of all. The Bible says there is no name like the name of Jesus. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue, words, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That there's no name given under heaven by which men must be saved except the name of Jesus. There is no name like his name. No other name like the name of Jesus. That name is worthy of our praise. That name is worthy of our exclamation, our exaltation. It is worthy of our honor. It is worthy of our respect. There is no name like the name of Jesus. I proclaim and remind us today that that His name is above every name. His name needs to be honored and respected and worshipped and magnified. There is no one like our God and His name is above all names. Isn't it interesting that in our culture today that when people curse and use profanity and take the name of the Lord in vain, whose name do they use? They use Jesus' name, right? They don't say, oh, Buddha. That should be a proof of the fact that there is no name like his name because the devil will do everything possible to try to denigrate and bring disrespect and dishonor to the name of Jesus. But above all people on the planet, you and I as followers of Christ need to be those who lift up and honor and bless and praise and hold in high esteem and respect and honor the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Okay. So while... The world around us is using God's name in vain and using exclamations of God's name for anything other than worship or praise. Let it be in our lives that we make the decision. That's not going to be on our lips. What does the scripture say about this? Proverbs chapter 9 verse 12. If you're wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, as someone that takes the name of God in vain, doesn't take him seriously. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. Exodus 20 verse 7. Read it with me from the New King James Version. Let's read together. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. If I could summarize what I've said today about boundaries in your words, I would summarize them with one statement. Think before you speak. And help us to understand what it means to think before we speak. Here's a little diagram for you that perhaps will help you. I'm going to give you, this is not original to me, by the way. This has been around for a long time, but I love it. I think it's a great way to, to, think, to think about this, thinking before you speak, is to use the word think when you're in a conversation and to think before you speak to ask yourself these questions. T, is it truthful? If it's not truthful, I'm not going to say it, right? H, is it helpful? Okay. If what I'm about, is what I'm about to say, is it going to help the situation or is it going to hurt the situation? Is it true? Is it true? Is it helpful? Number three, is it I inspiring. You know what the word inspire means? To inspire, actually the original word for that means to breathe into, okay? It's the idea of breath, okay? And so, you ever had someone say something and took the breath out of you, right? 
just knock the breath out of you, knock the wind out of you. And you've had people before that spoke something and put wind into you, okay? They, they inspired you. And so you ask yourself the question before you say something, is it true if it's not, not even going to go there? Is it helpful if it's not, not even going to go there? Is it inspiring? Is it going to take the wind out or put wind into and in? Is it? That would cure a lot of our problems, right? I think most of us would go around quite silent most of the day. If we just simply ask ourselves that question, not even necessary to say this. And then K, is it kind? Is it kind? Are these words reflective of the nature and love of Christ? Can I say them in a kind way? If it's not true and it's not helpful, if it's not inspiring, if it's not necessary, if it's not kind, you don't even need to go there. So may God help us, as the psalmist said, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.